You're listening to Voice America Health and Wellness. Welcome to Autism One, a conversation of hope, brought to you by Enzymedica with host Terry Aranga. All comments, views, and opinions expressed are solely those of the host, guest, and callers. In the next hour, Terry and her guest illuminate how right now there is more reason than ever for individuals with autism spectrum disorders and their families to have the best hope for the brightest future. Through education and conversation, there is hope. Here's your host, Terry Aranga. Hello, and welcome to the Voice America Health and Wellness Channel and this program, Autism One, a conversation of hope for Tuesday, August 19th. I'm Terry Aranga, joined by my guest today, Sonia Hintz of Parents View LLC and True Health Medical Center, where she works with Dr. Andrew Usman. Through the use of a therapeutic diet, homeopathy, herbs, vitamins, essential oils, and chelation, in addition to many other therapies, Sonia's son, Alex, has made a recovery. Professionally, Sonia has worked as a public health, psychiatric, and neonatal intensive care nurse. Today, we're going to talk about symptoms in children, indicators and lab tests, what these show, and associated interventions. Before we begin, this show will have a lot of medical information, but this information is not provided as medical advice. Parents or patients should research all information given. Every person's physiology is unique, so all information provided should be discussed with the patient's personal physician who provides the patient with regular medical oversight, monitoring, and lab testing, and who keeps up to date on the most recent research and interventions. Beginning any significant biomedical intervention or making changes to an established regimen should be discussed with the patient's physician in advance. Sonia, thank you for joining us. You're welcome. Please start with telling us what you do. What is Parents View, and what do you do at the True Health Medical Center in Illinois? Um, well, as far as Parents View is concerned, it's a company I started when my children were very small. My daughter, my firstborn, had uh, my daughter Amanda had reflux, severe reflux, and at the time I was a neonatal nurse, and I believe that oftentimes symptoms of uh, either developmental disability or some pathology can show up as early as an infant. And she had severe reflux. And I learned treatment modalities at that time from the Leche League uh, lactation consultants. And her ability to sleep and colic improved with these interventions like taking dairy out and using homeopathics. And so I thought as a nurse if I could help other moms who had the same experience uh, improve the quality of their their life with their baby, um, I've decided to make a company called Parents View because I felt like when I went to the doctors, they never listened to the parent. It was from their point of view, not the parent's point of view. And so I started Parents View LLC at that time. Um, to this day, I still get calls from lactation consultants, and I do home visits to infants and help the mom with the breastfeeding and any difficulties that they might have. And parents who evolved over the years now to be more of an education. I do a lot of public speaking through Parents View and um, home visits, like I said, in my area to infants with colic and reflux. And my work with True Health, I work with Dr. Usman, and that's in out of uh, Illinois, and it's in Naperville, Illinois, our, our main office, and then I have a satellite office in Richmond because I actually live in Wisconsin. <laughs> So I've worked with Dr. Usman now two and a half years. 
So what typically happens first thing when a patient walks into True Health Medical Center and what do you feel makes that medical practice unique? Um, the, the best thing about True Health Medical Center, I believe, is that we have uh, all the four main practitioners, Patty, uh, Fallon, myself, Tracy, and Dr. Usman, we all follow very sim- we follow similar protocols. And we communicate very well amongst ourselves about our patients. And so even if you would see one of us or talk to one of us about your child, you can feel really confident that we all follow similar treatments. Um, And I love the fact that we all get along well and treat the children collectively because really four minds work well versus just one mind coming up with a solution. Um, The other thing that we do that's unique is that we have a case management style. So, for example, Patty or myself will do the intake, get the history down, find out why they're coming to us, what was the developmental history, what led to the problems that child is presenting at the time. And then after that, um, they'll meet with Tracy, who is a physician assistant, or Dr. Usman, and they develop a treatment plan and order testing in labs. And we do not do cookie-cutter style care um, we really try to get at the root of what the existing problem is and go from there. Now, typically, um, it's my understanding that, med- and you mentioned this, medical practitioners will order some lab testing early on. Yeah. So could you please tell our listeners about the basic initial testing, what the tests are, and what mm-hmm. that is meant to show us? Sure. Um, in our particular practice, we see uh, kids with a variety of different physical symptoms. But any kind of good medicine would look at your basic chemistry, your CBC, that's your complete blood count, your comprehensive metabolic panel, and that looks at, say, let's just say your glucose in your kidney and liver function, um, because these kids are physically sick. And I think what's unique about biomedical for autism is we know there are underlying subtle changes in their blood chemistry that we can find. For example, even a zinc level that's low. Um, that when your zinc is low, your appetite is down. So, for example, even just checking a zinc level and giving a child zinc can greatly improve their health. So those are tests that even a regular pediatrician could order, but when a parent brings their autistic child into a pediatrician, all they see is autism. They don't look at the subtle changes in the child physically, which is really too bad. Um, The other thing we do is a hair test because a hair test shows how the body is excreting heavy metals in our environment. Uh, People are pretty familiar now with lead, given the fact that we had all the toy recall. And when you look at hair tests, you're... It's about a three-month window of exposure. Now, if the lead is being excreted properly, it should show up in the hair. Um, What we're finding with the children with autism, however, the mercury is not in the hair because they're actually storing it in the body. And so that's another clue as to how that child's detox is working. Um, Sometimes we order stool testing to look at if they have enough good bacteria, any kind of yeast or bacteria might be present that would be not wanted that causing symptoms of either night waking or irritability and stomach distress. <clears throat> we also order uh, thyroid tests to make sure that the 
thyroid is functioning properly. We know mercury can affect the thyroid. And we also look at uh, organic acid test, which looks at how your mitochondria are functioning. So those are some of the tests that we start with. All right. And I understand there are other tests um, like ammonia, blood ammonia, um, uh, immune, an immune mm-hmm. system evaluation. Mm-hmm. Can you tell us about those? Sure. Um, you have to look at kind of like a hierarchy. Once you've established that the red blood cell count is good, the iron's good, the kidneys are working, the liver's functioning, where they're at with their detox, you can start looking a little farther. And some of the other tests you would look at would be like lactic acid. Um, Lactic acid is a measurement of the mitochondria functioning. Um, We would also look at ammonia. Ammonia can be high in some kids if there's a lot of bacterial dysbiosis. Uh, it also tells us kind of how the liver is functioning. We can order a pyruvic acid, and again, that also looks at mitochondria. Carnitine panel, which looks at mitochondria. Um, and these are all kind of like the next step in the process of evaluating that child. What about things like viral titers and strep titers? Um, it's interesting you mentioned that. Strep is something originally, like I can remember doing biomedical now for about 10 years, and strep was never considered a culprit or part of the, the symptomology of, of autism and causing problems. But now we're finding pandas in some of the kids with autism. And in order for us to decide that, what we do is we look at the symptoms of the child. Um, but also there's a blood test called ASO. And that helps us know if there's a current strep infection. It's the ASO titer. Um, now, if you've had strep for a while, you may develop what's called anti-DNA B antibody for strep, and that will also be elevated. And these are tests that you can order through Quest or any of the general labs that your pediatrician might even work with. These aren't specialty labs. These are pretty basic labs that can be done through your doctor. Okay, so, so far, the uh, basic initial and some um, uh, testing to dig deeper that you've mentioned, um, those tests have been CBC, Comprehensive Metabolic Panel, Thyroid, um, Organic Acid Test, Hair Test, Stool Testing. Um, You mentioned some tests for Strep, uh, ASO titer, anti-DNA B antibody quantitative testing and some mitochondrial markers, carnitine, lactic acid, uh, pyruvic acid. And yeah, did you ammonia. include ammonia in that? Uh-huh. Yeah, ammonia can fall under that too. Mm-hmm. And you mentioned viral titers, Terry. Mm-hmm. Um, viral titers can go up and down. Um, what we're interested in when we do viral titers is a special word is called there's two ways you can order it, quantitative or qualitative. Quantitative gives you a number. When you're ordering tests, a lot of times you'll just want to know if the child's immune or not. And what we see in our kids is not only are they immune, but their their numbers are high, meaning they're really immune. (laughs) And it's hard to say how that actually presents itself with the symptoms of autism, but to give you an example, with my last child, you know, third's a charm, so by then I've figured out, okay, I can't follow the regular vaccine schedule. I'm going to have to think about this 
different now. Finally, it got through my thick skull. And I wanted Hannah to have polio shot. So at age two, I had her get a polio shot. I checked her titer level, and she's immune. So in other words, she didn't need five shots to be immune to polio. But in order for me to find that out, I had to ask for a titer level, and it is quantitatively measured, so I had a number. And that is important, too, in the kids to know where you're at and how their her immune system has responded to the, the, the viruses they've been exposed to. Other viruses that we check are cytomegalovirus, CMV, Epstein-Barr, Lyme. And so those are important ones also to check for. And when we come back, we will talk more about viruses on the Voice America Health and Wellness Channel with Sonia Hemp. A fresh look at today's health. Voice America Health and Wellness. More and more parents of children affected by autism are discovering enzyme therapy as an important part of their treatment program. Digestive enzymes help to break down the foods which may enhance nutrient absorption. Used therapeutically, enzymes can also support the immune system to break down pathogens such as viruses, fungal forms, and bacteria. Enzyme Medica formulates the highest quality of enzyme supplements to address a wide variety of issues. Lacto, a broad-spectrum digestive enzyme focusing on the complete digestion of milk proteins. Gluten Ease, high in DPP-4 activity, known for its ability to help break down gluten. And Virus Stop, an enzyme formulated to assist in the body eliminating pathogens. Enzyme Medica provides the purest enzyme products, free of fillers, anything artificial, and of all common allergens. We are dedicated to education and helping you find the best products for your children. Learn more today at www.enzymemedica.com. If you've tried everything on the market and can't seem to get the radiant results you want from your skincare routine, it's time you stop shopping and start listening. Skin Health Today will help you take charge and start making smart choices for a lifetime of radiant skin and positive self-image. Join host Celeste Hilling and her esteemed panel of experts every Wednesday at 4 p.m. Pacific Time, 7 p.m. Eastern Time for Skin Health Today on the Voice America Health and Wellness Channel. Inside all of us lives a warrior. We win battles with our careers, our finances, our children, our pets. It's time that the warrior within wins the battles with our own being. Modern-day Renaissance man Ori Hoffmeckler dispels eating urban legends and fitness myths in Voice America Network's The Warrior Within, your guide to nutrition, energy, sex, and survival. Ori sets the record straight and will help you become leaner and healthier for a lifetime. The Warrior Within broadcasts live every Wednesday at 9 a.m. Pacific on The Voice America Health and Wellness Channel. Tune in for your guide to nutrition, energy, sex, and survival. Your life, your health, your network. You're listening to Voice America Health and Wellness. Welcome back to Autism One, a conversation of hope with Terry Aranga. If you have a question or comment, call us toll free at 866-472-5792. Now back to the program. Here's Terry. And we're back with Sonia 
Sonia Henson. We were talking about viruses. So, Sonia, if viruses were present, you know, what would the parents see? Um, what would be some additional things that lab tests showed? And, and what might practitioners or parents use to address all of this? Um, in our practice at True Health, when we see a child that presents with what a lot of parents would call stimmy behavior, whether it be moving objects fast in front of their face or on the side by their eyes or pacing um, and some irritability. And the other thing is maybe in the case history, a reaction to one of the vaccines, whether it be um, screaming, poor sleep, arching of the back after a vaccine, you know, like a lot of irritability. And we would look at a virus sometimes also as causing some of the symptoms. And when we check a viral titer level, let's just take, for example, Epstein-Barr virus, your lab would come back with a range. And in some of the kids, what we found is very high levels of an immune response. So the number would be real high. And then you piece it together with the behaviors that I just spoke about. So in that child's case, you would want to look at any kind of antiviral treatment that would address Epstein-Barr, um, and including hyperbaric should not be excluded from that treatment. That's also been known to help some of the kids that have high virus, uh, high viral loads would be a hyperbarics. Um, and if you do an antiviral medicine or an antiviral herb and the stimming comes down, then you can say that, you know, then this is a part or the piece of this child's puzzle to help them on the road to improvement and recovery. Um, as far as the immune system goes, we should probably backtrack to that, though, because the I, there's something called IgA, and it's IgA total and IgA 1 and 2. And IgA to, IgA, IgA is responsible for protecting the gut and the lungs then that is kind of like the, um, the soldiers that would attack any viruses in that area. So if your IgA is low and you have um, lots of chronic coughing and lung or gut infections, you'll need to address the IgA also in your treatment mm. as well as the viral load. Um, another one would be IgM. IgM total tells you how your body is going to fight a current infection. So maybe you decide to give this child antiviral medicines, but you need to make sure the IgM is at a good level because, again, they're going to have to amount immune response to that virus. And if they can't, if their IgM is low, then there's something called IgE, which a lot of people are kind of familiar with as far as food allergies are concerned. That's where IgE would fall. And last but not least would be IgG total. And then there's four subclasses within the IgG total. Um, and if your IgG total is low, then your cellular memory, that's like your memory of how you're going to go back and fight that virus, your body's not going to remember how to do it. And so you're going to need to help raise up your total IgG so your body, again, can properly use maybe the antiviral or antifungal or anything that you're using. You have to look at the immune system initially to see how it's functioning. Well, how would you raise that up? IgG? Um, interestingly enough, some families are using what's called IVIG. We don't currently use that in our practice, but there are practitioners that are using IVIG, and it is helping their kids improve. Yes, um, there was a, a 
a uh, mom who presented at Autism One, and her daughter has recovered, and um, they had great success with IVIG. Now, Sonia, you were also talking about, you mentioned herbs when you were talking about treating some viruses. Do you Mm -hmm. mean things like olive leaf extract, elderberry oil of oregano, things like that? Yes. Yes. Okay. And let's go back, and um, you had mentioned strep, and I'm not sure that people um, really understand what PANDAS is all about pediatric autoimmune neuropsychiatric disorders associated with strep. So do we have any idea how prevalent strep, especially is associated with ticks and uh, pandas? Do we we have any idea how prevalent that is? Um, I don't have those exact numbers. I know that uh, if you go to autism one with Dr. Sweeto present or at one point. I believe in 2007. Correct. So she had some preliminary data on that. Um, but she had not been looking at it, per se, with the autistic population. Um, now that we're looking more at it in our practice, we are seeing a fair number of kids with it. And I am not, I think there's probably a couple reasons for it. Um, again, you know, you have a child who's autistic who might not feel good for the day. No, most kids would say, hey, mom, my throat hurts, or I only want to drink cold, or, you know, there's some, uh, they can tell you. But a child with autism who can't really communicate what's going on might have your, not show your classic symptoms of strep. And so what happens is then your body amounts an immune response, but isn't co- totally clearing it out. And as a result, it does affect um, what's called the MMDA receptors in the brain, and so this is a newer area that we're starting to look at with the kids. What are MMTA receptors? Um, I wish a Dr. Usman could answer that question perfectly. I'm going to attempt. Um, they are part of the brain that affects behavior and learning. And in, um, when I was a psychiatric nurse in the field, they were starting to look at them as far as bipolar disorder. Um, and one of the protective mechanisms for the MMDA receptors would be like lithium, for example. And so they found actually lithium did affect those receptors, and it affects how you learn and how you see your world. Um, and when you have strep, the body wants to mount an immune response, and as a result, instead of going after strep, they also develop, it also starts attacking that part of your brain, wow. the receptors in your brain. Because well, it misinterprets the strep as your brain okay. receptors. Yeah. Thank you for bringing that together for us. And Dr. Usman is a pioneer of the recent biofilm intervention, and I, I think that's associated uh, with your treatment for strep. Can you tell us more about biofilm intervention? Sure. Um, biofilm is a polysaccharide matrix. It's kind of like if you've ever had water sit outside in a pond and that slime that would develop in your bird bath. Um, that slime is kind of the biofilm. And what they're finding even in general science is that that biofilm allows the bacteria to become kind of like socialized with each other and be able to interact with the environment so that they can withstand any treatments you would throw at them. Um, and so when you give an antibiotic, the, the bacteria don't want to die. And so what they do is they form these polymate, they, they share information, the polymatrix, and the slime kind of cloaks them and covers them and allows them, them to become resistant to bacteria. Um, 
The idea started with a trip to the dental office. Dr. Usman had gone there and saw a pamphlet about biofilm and cavities in the mouth. And all of us have done treatments on the kid's GI tract over time and just feel like you're constantly chasing your tail. Like you get rid of one bacteria, another one pops up. So the concept was developed that the bacteria in the gut are sharing information with one another, learning how to say, well, you can throw all the vanco you want at me, but I'm not going to be touched by it, or berberin, or any of those things. And it's because of this biofilm over the bacteria in the gut. And so our... Our, our premise is that when we do treat it, that we look at giving a biofilm enzyme prior to treating the bacteria to break down that polymatrix, that slime that I had mentioned, so that what you're giving to kill the bug underneath actually gets there. But what does stress have to do with the gut? Well, in a stool test, there's um, oftentimes what's called imbalances. It would be like you'd have your good bacteria, you have your imbalances, and your dysbiosis the real bad, bad guys that they treat. A lot of people don't look at the imbalances, and we see a lot of different strep in the gut. Now, uh, Dr. Maffeg talked about clostridia as far as the uh, clostridia bacteria releasing a toxin then that goes into the bloodstream and changes children's behavior. Well, strep in the gut, if you think, our theory would be then that this same Bacteria releases toxins then that also go into the bloodstream. And strep symptoms are usually obsessive-compulsive type behaviors, OCD. So and, not just in your throat. Yes. And so what happens is the strep in the throat, um, we believe, colonizes the throat, but then also can go into the gut. And is it that the gut's impaired and that's how it goes into the blood and that's how it goes to the brain? Um, yeah, we're not real clear on that. We are looking at different areas that it might be affecting the brain, yes. Okay, and you were um, referencing Dr. Derek McFabe, right, mm-hmm. a little bit earlier. Okay, you mentioned, uh, I know we're going to a break soon, and we want to talk about gastrointestinal status, how that's ascertained, what we might find. And you mentioned things like yeast, parasites, and clostridia. Mm-hmm. What could we do about those? Um, I believe that if you do a stool test, you may or may not get all of the information you need to treat because sometimes the yeast may not show up in the stool, but a parent would say, you know, I, he, I swear he's acting like he's yeasty. Well, then you could run an organic acid test or oat or a metabolic analysis profile, and there's markers that, again, that yeast in the gut releases into the bloodstream and you can measure it there, and that means it's more of a systemic yeast. And then diflucan, some families use, or medications, ketoconazole, different, and, and then herbal treatments as well have been helpful. Uh, for example, caprylic acid, uversi, um, or some of the lat- or herbs that can be used for yeast. Probiotics. And, and a, definitely a good probiotic, a dairy-free probiotic. If your child's dairy-free, it's very important to make sure that your probiotic's dairy-free. Digestive um, enzymes. Digestive enzymes are very helpful, yes. And how important is diet to this? I think it's very important. Um, I understand having a picky eater. Um, when I started my son on a gluten casein free diet, he was only eating fish crackers and keeper cookies. 
So diet's very important because okay. that helps heal the gut. And we want to thank our sponsor, Enzymedica. And when we come back with Sonia Hintz, we will talk more about the gut. Opinions, options, answers. Voice America Health and Wellness. More and more parents of children affected by autism are discovering enzyme therapy as an important part of their treatment program. Digestive enzymes help to break down the foods which may enhance nutrient absorption. Used therapeutically, enzymes can also support the immune system to break down pathogens such as viruses, fungal forms, and bacteria. Enzyme Medica formulates the highest quality of enzyme supplements to address a wide variety of issues. Lacto, a broad-spectrum digestive enzyme focusing on the complete digestion of milk proteins. Gluten Ease, high in DPP-4 activity, known for its ability to help break down gluten. And Virus Stop, an enzyme formulated to assist in the body eliminating pathogens. Enzyme Medica provides the purest enzyme products, free of fillers, anything artificial, and of all common allergens. We are dedicated to education and helping you find the best products for your children. Learn more today at www.enzymemedica.com. Tune in on Thursdays at 9 a.m. Pacific Standard Time for Healing the Grieving Heart, the program that takes you on a journey through grief after the death of a child. Join Dr. Gloria Horsley, marriage and family therapist and bereaved parent, while she interviews and discusses with other bereaved parents and siblings how they have coped with the death of a child and gone on to create and realize new dreams. So tune in Thursdays at 9 a.m. Pacific Standard Time for Healing the Grieving Heart with Dr. Gloria Horsley, right here on Voice America Health and Wellness. Holistic living is nutrition for not just your body, but your mind and your soul. Holistic nutrition goes far beyond the foods that we eat or the supplements that we take. Discover natural means to heal your body and regain your innate healing powers. That's Holistic Living with Tina Marie Jones on the Voice America Health and Wellness Channel, live every Tuesday at 10 a.m. Pacific, 1 p.m. Eastern. Tune in for your weekly dose of good holistic living. Opinions, options, answers. You're listening to Voice America Health and Wellness. Welcome back to Autism One, a conversation of hope with Terry Aranga. If you have a question or comment, call us toll free at 866-472-5792. Now back to the program. Here's Terry. And we're back talking with nurse at True Health. Medical Center in Naperville, Illinois, and uh, we were talking about the gut. We talked about yeast, and now today let's talk about parasites and clostridia. Okay. Um, one thing about parasites is that you will show more symptoms of having parasites around the full moon. Um, one of the things that we have to keep in mind is that the moon has it causes a gravitational pull on our Earth. And it shifts the tide. It shifts all different things. Well, our body is fluid. And so one thought is that during the full moon, the parasites are more active. And they come out again because of that gravitational pull. Some of the symptoms you would see are like maybe four or five days before a moon, more night waking. Sometimes the kids will actually have scratches 
uh, around the buttocks area because the worms, if there's little tiny worms that come out at night um, and cause itching. The other thing you might have is teeth grinding. Uh, teeth grinding is a sign of parasites. We have kids that often put things that don't belong in their mouth, so that is a excellent way for the parasites to take hold. If they swim in lakes, you need to really address parasites um, with the kids. And, and again, the children's guts are not well, uh, they're, they're weakened, and so there's more likely to allow a parasite to take hold. Um, the second thing you mentioned is clostridia. It's an anaerobic bacteria. And so when you do a stool test, you will not get clostridia in the stool test because clostridia dies when oxygen is it's exposed to oxygen. Mm -hmm. It grows without air, meaning anaerobic. And so clostridia is found on a uh, organic acid test, and there's markers there that would be increased if you have clostridia, and one of the treatments is vancomycin. And vancomycin is not absorbed systemically. It stays in the gut. So um, it's fairly safe to use with the children as long as you're looking at, again, the kidney liver and their whole whole picture of the child. Hyperbarics is another treatment some families have reported to help clostridia overgrowth as well. Is that because that's oxygen? Yes, probably. Mm -hmm. Logical. Um, getting back to the parasites, how, uh, I know that some people have used things like wormwood, and I'm, I'm pretty sure I recall correctly that you have to be careful with wormwood, but yes. black walnut, pumpkin seeds, clove, coconut oil. Can you tell mm -hmm. us about these? Yeah, um, parasite treatments, you have to think of the things that would kill a parasite are very bitter and strong. And so when you're giving a child herbs, um, like wormwood, for example, it also needs to be processed by the liver, and so that is a short-term use. So when you want to treat a parasite, uh, again, we mentioned earlier regarding the full moon, some parents start treatment five days before a moon and continue to five days after, and then they hold it for a few days, and then they restart again because that's the cycle that the parasites are alive, and then they die off, and then the eggs rehatch. And so you're actually giving a product when the parasite is present. Black walnut is some kids that have issue with phenols um, might want to take a no-phenol enzyme at the same time as an herb. Um, pumpkin seeds have been used throughout the centuries. People eat pumpkin seeds, and that also can get rid of parasites as well. Okay, and uh, clove? Clove oil? Mm -hmm. Yeah. Okay. Yep. So when uh, when you're using any of these interventions that we've just mentioned um, for yeast or clostridia or parasites, et cetera, are there any usual side effects that parents might see, and how might they handle that? Um, when you've measured in the urine or a stool test a toxin, you have to remember that you're going to go kill the entity that's making that toxin. And as that process of the yeast dying or the parasite dying, they're going to release the toxins that you've already measured, okay? And those are going to cause irritability, headaches. Um, some kids actually have increased head banging during that time. Some kids might have a fever, joint pain, um, and poor sleep. And all of that is because of not feeling well. Um, one of the things that we use in our practice is bentonite clay or activated charcoal, and it binds up those toxins. And if you give it to that child away 
charcoal has to be given away from other things. Um, it can help with some of those symptoms. I also think uh, even lavender oil, essential oil, lavender oil to help calm the child down. You put it on the feet. Um, but doesn't lavender oil have, uh, isn't that a strong aromatic and, and um, negate the effects of some homeopathic treatment? Um some people do believe that, and my bias, though, because I did homeopathic the same time I did oils and other kids have done it, it's really the eucalyptus that you have to watch and the peppermints that cancel out the homeopathics. I think some oils actually help uh, the process of a homeopathic. It depends on what philosophy camp you're in. Okay. Mm-hmm. Good. I'm glad that uh, we brought that up. And let's talk about uh, treating heavy metals. How do you evaluate evaluate and treat heavy metals? Um, right now, we actually are running more blood lead levels on the kids, um, and we are finding actual, you know, like 4 to 10 in the blood level, and that means a current exposure if you find mm-hmm. it in the blood. Mm-hmm. Then we do a hair test like I mentioned earlier, and then we also do what's called a urine porphyrin test, and that's run through a lab in France, and that looks at how the body, what the load is in the body. And how are you addressing these things when you find them? Um, We have to look at a few things, the age of the child, how the child's kidney liver function are, where the child is at as far as dealing with yeast, parasites, and clostridia before we move on to the treatment to chelates, whether that be oral, IV, suppository, or transdermal are the modalities that you can use to treat heavy metals. Parents have to be, you know, we, we want to recover the children and we want them to have an optimal level of health and function, but we want to do everything cautiously. Um, okay. How do you support the various systems in the body when you're doing something like chelation? Um, you have to make, again, check kidney liver function every uh, six weeks. is really a good ballpark. Check iron levels, check zinc levels. Um, make sure that when you're chelating, none of the chelating agents are either A, depleting the zinc and the iron, or causing stress on the body organ system. Um, we also look at what's actually coming out. So are we is our intervention that we've chosen, is it actually giving us a return? And what is that return? So we do monitor urine toxic or fecal metals to find out what's coming out while we do chelate. All right, and and that you brought up a good point in your practice. You know, you've mentioned all of these various interventions. Um, can you give me some examples of how you've uh, you've seen something clinically, um, uh, a child manifesting some clinical symptoms? You've backed this up, substantiated this suspicion with lab testing. You've implemented an intervention, and the child got better. That improved for the child. You mean like whether it be the IV chelation or the oral? Like a, a concrete example, a child comes in, you say, gee, they're acting like they have parasites or like they have stress because of the clinical symptoms, and then you do some testing, and yep, there it is, and then you put into, you implement mm-hmm. an intervention, and oh my gosh, it's better. Yeah. Um, for example, for clostridia, when we treat clostridia, a lot of the uh, antisocial behaviors improve. For, and the, by that, I mean the pacing and the poor eye contact and the poor sleep. Um, clostridia really, once if you are able to 
get rid of clostridia, you see a lot of improvement in the kids too. Yeast, um, when we treat yeast and we see success with yeast, oftentimes it's in the area of um, less night waking, less giggling, more attention, better focus. Um, when we treat heavy metals, uh, we do see improved academics, whether that be um, better communication with an existing PECS program, whether it be verbal communication improves. Um, a lot of the kids, when we have a little boy, I remember, who started doing IVs, talked about on his way home something that had happened to him three years prior. Um, it's amazing then the ability of that brain to start relaying information people around them. That has already been there the entire time. Um, so there's different levels of improvement for each child. Right. And when we come back from break, because I know we're going to break soon, um, we will talk about how this applies in your particular case with your son, Alex, So uh, who's recovered. So since we have a moment, could you just start to tell us about uh, his early history before you used any interventions? Sure. Um, he... Um, had a severe reflux and colic and had an episode of reflux um, that at six months of age that I did end up needing to do CPR on him. Oh and he had not had any v vaccinations at that point. Um, but he had silent uh, reflux and that's aspiration and it actually caused bronchial constriction when they started doing testing after that event occurred. And... Um, my husband and I went in really shook up, and they said, well, we'd hate to lose him to pertussis or any of those childhood disorders, and because we weren't thinking clearly that day, and I had put off vaccinating him because he had other, it seemed like, issues going on with him, um, they gave him a DTAP, and uh, he screamed straight for three days, arched his back, and had a negative reaction to that vaccine. Um, and then... As you do as a parent, you keep taking your child to all these people because you know something's wrong. You don't know what it is. And even as a nurse, I mean, I found it very frustrating to be dismissed a lot of times. Oh, he'll grow out of it because he had delayed speech. He had poor muscle tone. Um, he wouldn't crawl. He did this weird kind of walking thing where nothing would touch the ground, just his hands and his feet. And just he was off. And... We would do OTPT speech, and fortunately, we were in a position where my husband was a school psychologist at the time. We had access to therapists that we would have come in and assess them because and then they would give us a program to do. And then um, he started losing weight at a two years. Well, he had the flu in 99 and then had the MMR a few weeks after having the flu. Um, why I kept doing what I was doing, vaccinating, I don't know, but I'll talk more about that when we come back. Okay. More from Sonia Hen talking about her son Alex to recover when we come back to the Voice America Health and Wellness Channel. Thank you to our sponsor, Enzymatica. Learn more. Live better. Voice America Health and Wellness. 
More and more parents of children affected by autism are discovering enzyme therapy as an important part of their treatment program. Digestive enzymes help to break down the foods which may enhance nutrient absorption. Used therapeutically, enzymes can also support the immune system to break down pathogens such as viruses, fungal forms, and bacteria. Enzyme Medica formulates the highest quality of enzyme supplements to address a wide variety of issues. Lacto, a broad-spectrum digestive enzyme focusing on the complete digestion of milk proteins. Gluten Ease, high in DPP-4 activity, known for its ability to help break down gluten. And Virus Stop, an enzyme formulated to assist in the body eliminating pathogens. Enzyme Medica provides the purest enzyme products, free of fillers, anything artificial, and of all common allergens. We are dedicated to education and helping you find the best products for your children. Learn more today at www.enzymemedica.com. JackLalane.com presents Jack LaLane Live on the Voice America Health and Wellness Radio Network. Each week, Jack is joined by Elaine LaLane and his nephew, bodybuilder, kinesiologist, and personal trainer, Chris LaLane, to answer your questions and help you overcome your fitness roadblocks. That's three times the diet and fitness know-how. Three times the entertainment. Tune in every Monday morning at 9 a.m. Pacific to Jack LaLane Live on the Voice America Health and Wellness Radio Network. Hypnosis, what a completely misunderstood word. There are all kinds of myths and superstitions surrounding the concept of hypnosis. The truth is that it can be used safely in practices of health and wellness. Join consulting hypnotist Jennifer Van Wee for the program Hypnosis for Positive Life Changes and learn how to experience relaxation to enhance your ability to cope with stress and other complicated issues. Hypnosis for Positive Life Changes airs Thursdays at 7 a.m. Pacific, 10 a.m. Eastern on the Voice America Health and Wellness Network. Opinions, options, answers. You're listening to Voice America Health and Wellness. Welcome back to Autism One, a conversation of hope with Terry Aranga. If you have a question or comment, call us toll-free at 866-472-5792. Now back to the program. Here's Terry. You were talking about how you were trying to find answers for Alex. Yeah, um, as a nurse, I saw him as physically sick. Um, my, the think of the family practice doctor at the time said, you know, I think your son has autism. Um, nobody else had been bold enough to come out and say those words. But when she said that, I thought, well, what are you talking about? He's losing his hair. He's losing his weight. He's not talking because he doesn't feel good. There's something physically wrong. And so I guess in my pursuit to find treatment for my son, I always looked at his physical symptoms and attempted to try to match it with uh, potential physical diagnoses. Um, and in the process of doing that, we did find he had a carnitine deficiency. Uh, he had severe esophagitis. He had um, lack of disaccharide enzymes when they did uh, pancreatic studies. And at that time when they did the pancreatic studies, uh, secretin was being used pretty openly for children with autism. And um, they did a stim test, on, like a pancreatic test on him to find out how it's functioning with what was called CCK at the time. And I remember distinctly going in to the doctor after for the results. And he used to stim on this Larry Boy car at the time and take the wheels off and just spin them like a top because they'd pop off. And it used to kind of annoy the doctor, you could tell. But this time we went in, and he actually showed the vehicle to the doctor. Mm. And the doctor's like, 
that's different. <laughs> I'm like, you're not kidding me. So, of course, Internet at the time, I'm going through a mainframe. We didn't have this nice little Internet computer thing at your desk. And <laughs> so I'm on the Internet like 2, 12 at night trying to get access to a mainframe to search the Internet where I found out about the gluten casein-free diet. And um, I met a physician at Children's Hospital that studied the ketogenic diet. And when they did Alex's EEG, it was abnormal. And I said, I want to try this diet and see if it changes it. And sure enough, six months later, he said, that'd be fine. I could do it as long as I came back and repeated the EEG. And after doing GFCF diet for six months, it came back normal. Um, and during that time, he really did explode as far as the speech. Um, and then, of course, I was on the hot pursuit of secretin, <laughs> trying to get my kid to have secretin. I would have gone anywhere, done anything. And my friend Janelle and I actually started our journey together. She had a son named Trevor, and we both would go anywhere and do anything for our children to see if we could get them to improve because every time we tried something and you saw an improvement, it fuels the fire of wanting to get more answers. And so um, Alex had OT speech, PT, sensory integration work, chiropractic work, homeopathics, herbs, um, natural detox with glutathione IVs, uh, supportive nutrient IV, secretin, um, all the, everything. And he responded very favorably, and I'm, I, we consider ourselves very blessed <laughs> to have that opportunity to have that happen to us. And it changed me professionally as a result. I know, and you've been helping children with this for 10 years. Yes. Well, did you say that it was GFCF diet or ketogenic diet that caused that explosion in speech? It's a GFCF diet. The doctor I went to was a pioneer in researching the ketogenic diet. Uh-huh. So he was actually open to the concept that if I was willing to do this diet, that it could possibly change Alex's symptoms. Um, he's no longer at practice at the hospital I went to, but had he not, he was the one person, he was a neurologist who saw how Alex had a rollover on all fours to get up. He found out Alex had a mitochondrial, um, like a carnitine deficiency. Right. He's, he's the one that, you know, you keep going to different doctors, and like I told you on break, a parent would camp out on anybody's doorstep for five days and and just, like, flag that person down if they thought they were going to help their child get better. And I was desperate, and he was willing to actually work with me and my husband on trying to find the answers for our son because he could see that, yeah, something is really wrong here. And when you have someone in your corner like that, it's really, it was wonderful to have him. Well, very fortunate you found someone um, like that. But I want to just qualify a misnomer here. When we use the word desperate, um, we kind we mean we're very uh, zealous to yes, help our children. Yes, that's a good word. Yeah, right, but right. this is this is backed by science. Where you were educating yourself, you were researching, you were doing your homework. Um, mm-hmm. You know, you weren't um, going into things without due diligence. Correct. Yeah, everything I did, I read about first before I tried. Mm-hmm. Um, now, now he had an Alex had an abnormal EEG. I think you said. Did, so, did, did the GFCF diet help him with that? Yes, it did. Wow, I know. And that was the only intervention I had done at the time because that's all I knew to try. Um, and you know, everybody's like, "Well, the diet's so hard." And like, you know what? Though feeding that kid fish crackers every day is really hard to do too, because you know, in your heart of hearts, he's sick and it isn't giving him the nutrition he needs. So it was really hard to do the diet, but I think. 
uh, I'm glad I did it. You know, I'm really glad I did it. It helped his nutritional status. Diet's very important. They're picky eaters, but you work with where they're at. You Uh, you reminded me, Cindy, that um, I just wanted to mention about uh, monitoring nutritional status being really important during chelation, and I think you alluded to that earlier. Mm -hmm. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Yes, and whether it be taking something and sticking it in a blender and making a muffin out of it. <laughs> you know, there's ways to make your kids' diet nutrition nutrition uh, quality go up, even if they're on very limited items. Mm-hmm. You have to get creative. <laughs> so you mentioned that what you used with Alex was GFCF diet, occupational therapy, speech therapy, physical therapy, sensory integration therapy, chiropractic, homeopathy, herbs, uh, glutathione IVs, nutrient IVs, and secretin. Mm-hmm. And do you feel that they all complemented each other? Or? Yes, I do. Okay. Yes, they did. Um, secretin helped Alexander's GI tract. Not every child responds favorably to secretin, but in his case, um, even the study showed that he had some pancreatic insufficiency, so I think the secretins helped. Later on, the research now coming out actually shows that it may help with some anxiety, might help with socialization because it helps with the anxiety piece. They're actually looking at using secretin with schizophrenic patients. So I think as we learn more, as we go forward, you have to remember a lot of parents we like are the Christopher Columbuses of autism trying to find the new world and trying to tell everybody else the world is not flat, it is round. (laughs) And so, you know, you get in these battles personally as well as with, you know, you're you're trying to get services for your child, trying to show that they need these things. So as research unfolds, we will then say, yep, you guys are right. You know, this is why it worked. So which, um, which of these interventions helped with the mitochondrial piece that you mentioned for Alex? Um, he has a carnitine deficiency, so he actually, and he does take Carnitor and carnitine, L-carnitine fumarate for that. Mm-hmm. Um we also looked at supporting his liver and supporting uh, his kidney function with herbs. And at the time, um, the carnitine was really big. It's actually a blood test that you can do to see what, if your child has a carnitine deficiency. Mm-hmm. And um, some of it could be diet-related. I mean, being a, not eating beef can contribute to a carnitine deficiency because it's in red meat. Um, and then they did a mitochondrial biopsy and Ironically, they did find oxidative stress around the mitochondria, which in our world now, when you talk biomedical for autism, you think of heavy metals and toxins causing that oxidative stress. So antioxidants and things like that to support the body. Antioxidants like what? The glutathione? The glutathione, vitamin E, vitamin C, um, even some of the kombucha, some of the green uh, you know, the greens that you can feed your child will also help. Excellent. Well, Sonia, thank you so much for devoting your time to the kids and families and for presenting this information really clearly for our listeners today. Thank you. I enjoyed being here. Thank you to our sponsor, Enzymedica. To our listeners, next week my guests will be James Bowder of the Vista School who worked on the Pennsylvania Insurance Bill and Cynthia McCluskey of Arizona, who helped facilitate the insurance legislation there and who has recovered her son, Mark. 
And uh, if you have any questions for me, please email me at taranga at autismone.org. Thank you for tuning in to the Voice America Health and Wellness Channel. Medica would like to thank you for listening to Autism One, a conversation of hope. To contact Terry or get more information, visit AutismOne.org. Tune in next Tuesday for another hour of education and conversation on Autism One, a conversation of hope with Terry Aranga.